Hello and welcome to El Ferrado on Mac Show, the podcast that's all about Mac football and not Mac football. I'm Alex Alvarado. All this episode was pretty much already uh, recorded ahead of time. Did an interview with Mike Wilson's Cardiac Hill. Cardiac Hill is SB Nation's Panther exclusive blog. It was awesome having Mike on. Mike knows you know a lot about his team. That's why I asked him to come on because I saw that you know he put in the work. He has put in a lot of time sharing news information, not just about the Pitt Panther football team, but like hoops, soccer, there's probably some baseball and softball and lacrosse down there in his archives too. But he's keeping all of his Pitt Panther fans up to date with the goings on of that football team. And so I figured he'd be a good one to have on and kind of explain, you know, what this team looks like and what we might be able to expect in week three of the season when Western Michigan goes to Pittsburgh to take them on. Uh, One of the MAC versus P5 games that may or may not be a very exciting game, may or may not end in Western's favor. So it's it's a really interesting game, and I'm glad that I had Mike Juan again. So thank you, Mike, for coming on to kind of explain things to me because, you know, even though Pitt is the team that – I did see in person at the Quick Lane Bowl in 2019. You know, as much respect as I have for that team, it's just not one that I've invested a whole lot of time into uh, and kind of gotten to know a little bit more. Plus, with the changes in football and the rule changes of allowing the door for players and coaches, I mean, coaches have already had their own rules in place, but you get what I'm saying. More turnover than ever in the college game. The COVID era is got its own little wrinkle on stuff so it was good to have mike on to kind of digest all that for us so i hope you enjoyed the interview Uh, i'm just going to quit babbling and get right into that we are with michael wilson from cardiac hill the sb nation site that covers all things uh pit panthers and by all things like mike really is the one that covers all things like you look at the front page there's there's hoops there's football there's soccer uh, I'm sure there's like baseball and soccer and uh, lacrosse probably down there in uh, in your archives. Mike, how are you doing today, man? I'm pretty good. How about you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, again, you know, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I thought, like, you know, like I'm from like the uh, the SP Nation tree too. I used to like be over at Hustle Belt covering the Mac blog, and then I left that, um, and then now I'm kind of doing this thing. So it's kind of nice to. Uh, dip back into those waters because you know even though SB Nation and Fox Media blah 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 lots of changes there but it's still overall you guys at Cardiac Hell do a really really good job uh doing that you're a Pitt alum right oh uh, yeah I am uh Quick Lane Bowl did you go to that I didn't go <laughs> oh no missed out it was a good time yeah uh but I have a few questions about Pitt because Western Michigan, of course, plays them week three. Uh, I felt like Pitt would be a really fun team to like kick this series off with because Pitt through like a Mac fans, Mac fans lens is like, you know, the P five team that you kind of want to be like at a fighting level with. Uh, And that's certainly the case with Western. A lot of people around these streets know that Western's a talented team, Um, but Pitt, I mean, rosters change over time. I know the head coach is good because he's from Michigan State. Pat Narduzzi does a good job there. Uh, 
what's, you know, overall, really quickly, what's your read on your guys' football team? Is it thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs to the side? I guess it'd go thumbs to the side. Um, the defense is great, and that's kind of what Pitt's been known for, especially under Pat Narduzzi. Mm-hmm. And uh, the offense has been so-so. Uh, last year, there were good elements to the offense, but a lot of those elements are now gone. Uh, Kenny Pickett's going to be back, and that's going to be huge for Pitt because he's basically their entire offense. I mean, he passes it down the field, and then he uh, basically last year he had eight rushing touchdowns because they were using him in short yardage situations in lieu of their rushing game. So, yeah, having him back is going to be huge for Pitt. But, uh, yeah, aside from him, there's not a lot that's notable about the Pitt offense. They lost uh, some protection for him and Jimmy Morrissey, uh, who went in the NFL draft to the uh, Raiders. And uh, Bryce Hargrove as well. Those two in the interior of the line were his like main protection. And, uh, yeah, like on the outside, the tackles, they were actually one of the worst position groups on the entire team uh, last year and I believe the year before. So, yeah. Uh, the offensive line is going to be a concern and the offense also is going to be a concern. So yeah, it's pretty much all defense and you just kind of hope the offense comes up with something. Yeah. And you know, you, you talked about Kenny Pickett and you kind of have to talk about him. Not one. I mean, of course he's the quarterback, but also, you know, fifth year guy, he's going to be 23 years old this year. Uh, and we've seen 23 year olds all throughout college football at that position. You know, that's pretty much a year where like, especially if they've been, having a bunch of experience playing in 30, 40 games, you know, it really starts to pay off then. And they like have a lot of production. What does Kenny Pickett present for this Pitt Panther offense? And, you know, how good is he actually? He's solid. And I think he's a lot better than people realize because in addition to him actually being pretty talented as a quarterback and also being fairly underrated, uh, one of Pitt's main issues on offense is uh, drops. Uh, they were one of the worst teams in drops last year and the year before. Uh, I believe they had over 40, but I'm not sure about the specifics. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, in 2020? Uh, yeah, I believe that was 2020. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's been a big issue for them for a while now. And uh, he'll get the ball to the receivers. It's just a matter of them hauling it in, and it just doesn't happen all that often. So that'll kill a drive here and there. Uh, but – yeah. Uh, basically, every once in a while, you know, on some short passes, you know, he'll drive them down the field. And then, um, like I said, I mean, they'll rely on him to punch the ball in around the goal line. So that's kind of, you know, the template for the pit offense there. Um, yeah. So he has versatility is what he brings to the pit offense, uh, I would say. I mean, they could use him as a rusher, even though, I mean, his, you know, Stats there are not that impressive. He's averaging like two yards per carry because it's all short yardage situations. Mm-hmm. But he does come up with the big plays and extends drives, uh, you know, on his feet. Uh, and he can pass the ball. It's just a matter of, you know, him getting some help. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like he got a little bit of help from like one of the freshmen, Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. uh, all ACC rookie of the year runner up. Uh, what can you tell me about him? Yeah, last year it was all Jordan Addison and DJ Turner uh, in terms of his receivers. Uh Aside from that, he wasn't getting too much help from anybody else. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Addison's probably the most promising freshman on the team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only, you know, only thing about that is that, you know, he's not going to have a lot of time with Kenny Pickett. And then the question is, you know, who's going to be Kenny Pickett's successor and are they going to be able to have as much success, you know, uh, with Jordan Addison? Is that going to drag him down a bit, you know, in the future? 
But yeah, I mean, this year, that was part of why Kenny Pickett coming back was so huge was that they don't have to break in a new quarterback with this talented receiver. So that is one really promising thing. And on top of that, they have uh, Lucas Kroll. Last year, he was injured. Uh, he was a tight end transfer from Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really good at the high school level and then didn't do much in college. So it's still kind of a question what he can do at the college level. But uh, a lot of people were really intrigued with his uh, athleticism and what he could bring to the table when he's healthy. So between Kroll and Addison, uh, you know, it could be a good year for the pit passing game. But, you know, really, we're going to have to see. Right. Yeah, it sounds like like the receivers are going to have to step up. But the talent's there, you know, like whether they drop the ball or not. uh, But the talent on the field is there. Uh, And, of course, the offensive coordinator for your guys' team is, uh, you know, former Mac coach, uh, especially when UMass was in the Mac, Mark Whipple. Um, do you like him? <laughs> Just flat out, do you like him? Uh, I actually, I'm intrigued by what he could do. Um, I, I think that based on what Pitt's needs were at the time, he was the right call. Um, uh, but of course, I mean, his offense at UMass was all, you know, aerial attack, like pass the ball, pass right, the ball. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know. Uh, and, to, and in fairness to Whipple at UMass, when like he threw it a lot, they did have good talent. Like mm-hmm. Gene Sifrin was like a six, seven, twenty-eight year old tight end. They had Tajay Sharp. Um, God, there's another guy I'm blanking on too. And their quarterback, uh, Blake Fronapple at the time, uh, kind of reminds me of you know your guys's uh, quarterback right now, Kenny Pickett. So I could kind of see some similarities there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like Pitt has not really built up the talent in its passing game. You got Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison and, like I said, Lucas Kroll. Um, but they're not necessarily traditional Whipple guys, like you said. Uh, it looks like he's trying to get, like, taller dudes, uh, you know, better receivers. Uh, but a lot of people, it seems like, are – well, a lot of recruits are uh, kind of hesitant – but well, top level recruits are kind of hesitant to come to Pitt, you know, especially mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball because of Pitt's uh, struggles over the last couple of years. Right. So not getting, you know, all the talent that they're hoping for. They do have two uh, four st- uh, former four star quarterbacks uh, who are uh, vying to succeed Kenny Pickett, uh, Davis Bevel, and uh, Joey Yellen. Uh, so that's one positive aspect of the whole Mark Whipple situation right there. Uh, it seems like he has some quarterbacks he could work with. Now it's a question of if he can, you know, get some receivers aside from Jordan Addison, uh, you know, and build up a, an aerial attack at Pitt in addition to, uh, you know, what they've been able to do so far. Uh, your head coach is a defensive guy, Pat Narduzzi. Your defensive coordinator is uh, Randy Bates. Um, I know that just – if I'm just looking at recent players that have been at least drafted out of Pitt – especially in the Narduzzi era, it's very clearly like, yeah, this is a defensive school for sure. Um, how, how would you like view this pit defense and how do you think, you know, is it living up to the sort of hype that you kind of expected to see when like Pat Narduzzi at Al was hired? I would say it's definitely getting there. It's just a matter of kind of piecing it all together at this point. They have the talent and, well, since 2019, basically, that's when it started taking off with Jalen Twyman uh, on the defensive line. Uh, and then you had Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver around him at defensive end. They both went in the NFL draft uh, this year. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely been able to build up talent. 
and he doesn't necessarily need four and five star recruits to do that. Uh, Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones were both two star recruits uh, that he brought in in 2016 and he built them up. Jalen Twyman, he was a three star recruit. He also went in the draft. So, I mean, basically with guys like that, he's been able to build this defense into what you've seen the last couple of years, uh, you know, leading the nation in sacks and tackles for losses. Um, so that aspect of it has been great. Um, you know, he's definitely found a way to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. The question is like, you know, when are they going to take the next step and actually, uh, I guess, keep opponents uh, off the board? Um, because scoring defense is not something Pitt's actually been known for, despite all these stars going on to the NFL and all these big plays they're making. Uh, they still find themselves in uh, close games with teams like Boston College and NC State. Uh, you know, not exactly top-tier teams, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they ended up losing close games to them last year because they gave up, I believe, 31 and 30 points to them. So, you know, a defense like that you would expect more from. But with the recruits they're bringing in, guys like Dayon Hayes, um, Elliot Donald. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you about him. Yeah. Yep. Nakai Johnson, all this local talent that they're bringing in. Uh, you know, it's like higher level, higher caliber uh, guys, like four star recruits uh, who had offers from Ohio State and programs like that. I think that with guys like that, uh, the pit defense will probably take a step up in the next couple of years here, but it's, uh, it's probably going to take some patience. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to read Cardiac Hill to read more about a lot of these recruits. But the one I really want to point out is, of course, Elliot Donald. Uh, Reason, he's the cousin of Aaron Donald. Also, he's really good, like four-star athlete. So it's like no BS, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, How, you know, how excited are you for him? And do you think that he's going to be able to see the field this year? I think if it follows the pattern of previous recruits like him, he may see the field a little bit. Uh, Dayon Hayes, I was expecting to see the field immediately. He was in the class before him and he did, uh, he played against Austin P got a, like some action in the fourth quarter right. and ended up getting two sacks in that game in his debut, which that was, that was a great debut. But then after that, uh, you didn't right, see it's still just the fourth quarter of an FCS team. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, in meaningful games, uh, he didn't get any action. So I'm assuming that Elliot Donald definitely has the talent to take the field this year. And there may be more need this year than last year, because last year the defensive line was loaded this year. They're trying to replace guys like, uh, like Patrick Jones, uh, Rashad Weaver, Jalen Twyman, who all left. Uh, well, actually Jalen Twyman took last year off. So anyway, um, that was a concern for last year, but yeah, um, this year there may be more opportunity than last year, and with the young talent that they have, uh, I would not be surprised to see him take the field. Right on. Um, other ways that obviously teams add on talent and sometimes lose talent, transfer portal. Um, through your lens and for your team, you know how has the transfer portal impacted you know the Panthers? Did you guys lose any important players? Did you guys gain somebody? Or is there anybody that you brought in that – you know, might be like the wild card difference of this team one way or another? Um, In terms of uh, exits, there weren't any that were super impactful. It was uh, one that jumps out was uh, Carson Van Lynn, who was kind of a utility player. They moved him along the line, had him play tight end one year when they were short on guys. Uh, But uh, he's probably the most notable that comes to mind. Uh, They added a tackle from Maryland. Um, 
he'll probably get a chance to start right away. That's kind of been the uh, pattern at Pitt. They bring in, uh, they've had struggles developing their offensive line uh, internally. So they've brought in guys like uh, Stefano Millen from uh, Kent State a couple years back. Um, Brandon Hodges from Texas before that. Uh, so they've relied on transfers for their offensive line. And I think they're going to follow that pattern again this year for well, at least one position. Um, and especially with some openings uh, with uh, Jimmy Morrissey leaving and, uh, and Bryce Hargrove out as well. Um, it could get a little bit more competitive and I'm not quite sure what we're going to see on the offensive line for Pitt, but basically that's the only place where I'm uh, imagining the transfers are going to, or incoming transfers are going to be impactful. Week three, ESPN three, noon o'clock, Western's going to Western Michigan's going to be at Pitt. Uh, Pitt, I had to look this up, is thirty-two and four all time against MAC teams. Pop quiz: Do you know the four teams that Pitt lost to in the MAC? Ooh, uh, they were all in the two thousands, for whatever it's worth. One of them was only in the twenty tens. So I won't. I don't blame you for not knowing all these off the top. Of uh, what about Buffalo? Was that one of them? Buffalo Pitt is 4-0 against. Ah, I knew they played them, but I wasn't sure what the record was. Mm -hmm. hmm. And I'm not sure who they lost to. All right, so I'm going to go in alphabetical order. 2014, they lost to Akron 21-10. to uh, That was the biggest uh, deficit, biggest loss to a MAC team that they had by 11 points. Uh, 2008, they lost by 10 to Bowling Green 27-17. 2005, Frank Solich's first year. Uh, won 16 to 10 and 2003, long time ago, uh, Toledo 35, Pitt 31. So we all yeah. learned something today. <laughs> uh, 2021, though, we're moving forward. Western, you know, it's a good team, it's a respectable team. Uh, you kind of brought up that there's a little bit of uneasiness when it comes to developing the offensive line. Uh, that's something that stands out to me in this game. First and foremost, you know, let's go right to the trenches because Western has a really, really good defensive line. One where their signal callers are very, you know, comfortable rushing three, rushing four and trying to get after your guys' quarterback that way. Um, how do you see this game kind of playing out though? Um, well, like in terms of uh, like score prediction or? Uh, I mean, just general gameplay, you know, like what kind of like strengths do you think Pitt will be able to present right away, you know, especially in these early goings of the season? You know, whatever hiccups that any team has usually is kind of worked out in the first couple of weeks. Um, but by the time week three rolls around, I feel like these guys should like, you know, have a better idea of what they're trying to do. You know, how do you feel like Pitt's going to – you know, defend its home field against, against Western, so on and so forth. I think they'll come out pretty strong. Uh, I definitely think that the Western Michigan uh, defensive line is going to be able to get some pressure on Pickett. That really hasn't been a problem for anybody lately. Um, and I think it's only going to get worse this year. Uh, with that said, Pickett has still persevered despite the pressure on him. Um, so I don't think that's going to be a game-changing factor there. Um and in addition to that, uh, with Western Michigan ranking 94th in uh, scoring defense last season, I think despite Pitt's faults on offense, they are going to find a way to put some points on the board. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's the thing. When Pitt does have openings, uh, they can get some completions, string together some drives, even uh, open up the running game a little bit for themselves. And another thing that I think benefit them is a shakeup at the running back position. Um, last year, they were insistent on Vincent Davis being their starter, and he is by far their smallest back and uh, just seemed to run him right up the middle for some reason. And I cannot understand why. Uh, and not even just on third downs or anything, he's their go-to back. This year, we might see more of Israel Abanikanda, who's a former four-star recruit out of Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in New York uh, the year he came to Pitt. So he's a really promising recruit, and I think he has more of the size that they need uh, for their rushing game to succeed. And then maybe Vincent Davis goes back to a third down role or a complimentary role. And, you know, if you get a situation like that, I, I think that complements what Kenny Pickett can accomplish with passing game better. And all of a sudden Pitt has a, you know, no longer one-dimensional offense that could actually get some things done. And yeah, considering they're already going to have gone through two tests uh, by the time they get to Western Michigan, I think they'll probably be rolling a little bit by that point and maybe actually be able to, uh, you know, uh, put on a decent performance. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like if, you know, if Pitt's receivers are definitely on and they're not dropping too many passes, uh, Western's showing like, you know, I've told you like, they rush three, they rush four, and they feel comfortable with that. But they don't feel too comfortable with the seven or eight that they're dropping back sometimes because even in those situations, they still can get beat. Uh, and that part scares me. Uh, but if I had to, like, flip it around a little bit and kind of, you know, give Western its due for its strengths, that might be able to give pit problems. I don't know. You tell me otherwise. Uh, Western's generally – they have a very good quarterback, of course, but he has really good receivers too on top of that. Uh is Pitt, is this a team that you feel like is going to get beat over top with any sort of consistency? Or is that kind of like something that's been shored up over the past few years? I could definitely see that happening. They've lost a couple of games in situations like that. Like I said, Boston College and uh, NC State. Uh, those were both close games, and they were actually lost essentially that way. It was uh, Jason Pinnock in both games who ended up getting beat, uh, giving up. Uh, late touchdowns that ended up losing them the game. So he's gone at this point, but the question now is who's going to succeed him uh, at cornerback. They have uh, Damari Mathis coming in, who's actually, a, I would say, a stronger cornerback um, and more reliable. Um, so that's one promising aspect of their uh, secondary there. But the question is, how are they going to fill the other holes? They have uh, Paris Ford and Damar Hamlin, um, who have moved on at this point. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think early in the season next year, they're still going to be figuring some things out uh, with regard to their, uh, secondary. Uh, so that is a concern, especially with, uh, Caleb Ellaby. Um, and let's see, Dwayne Eskridge is moving he's, on. He's right? gone. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he was drafted by the Seattle, uh, Seahawks. But yeah, they so still he, have like Sky Moore and they still have, uh, Jalen Hall and they're both like tall dudes. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of speed. Yeah, I was noticing Sky Moore, who uh, actually is from New Kensington, the uh, Pittsburgh area there. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, I imagine that Caleb Elby should be able to get something done with him. Uh, the only question is, you know, how uh, impactful Pitt's defensive line is going to be against Elby and putting pressure on him. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they will disrupt him somewhat. It's just I don't see the secondary necessarily being the strength of the defense. Mm-hmm. 
Fair enough. All right. Well, Mike, that's it from me. Scott, did you have any lingering questions that uh, that I didn't touch on that you might want to know a little bit more about this team? I think the only thing I wanted to know, and you kind of got into it at the end, was just like how young the secondary is and how like Narduzzi's system can be a little complicated with just how many reads there are and everything. Do you think that's something that's going to be like an even bigger impact than just losing guys in general? Um. I, I think some of the guys have already started to come along last year, like Brandon Hill, uh, AJ Woods, guys like that. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of game plan, it seems like they got less aggressive late in the games and were more willing to, uh, you know, give up little uh, dinks and dunks here and there and let them drive downfield. And then they got themselves in uh, bad positions that way, which they never really seemed to adjust that. So that's a concern. Um, yeah, but I think the the talent is there. It's just you know, I'm not quite sure that uh, the execution and uh, the game plan necessarily are there for Pitt uh, when it comes to uh, defending, especially uh, the pass late in the game. Right on. All right, Mike. Well, thank you again. You can follow him on Twitter at x mike wilson cardiachill.com. Am I missing anything else that you're at? What else are you doing these days? Oh, no, no, just a cardiac kill. All right. Well, go and check that out, especially if you want to read a lot more of the recruits. I always appreciate it when, you know, when football followers, you know, not only just follow the games on the Saturday and the analysis and the coaching moves, but recruiting is important. If you're not paying attention to that, then mm, there's just, there's just more that you could do to know about your teams. Mike, thank you again for joining me. I uh, hope you have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. All right, and that will do it from us. Thank you again, Mike, for joining the show. Thank you, Producer Scott, for doing some of the notes and getting this all organized for the Pittsburgh interview. We've got another interview coming up later in the week, focusing on another team that the Mac's going to see in September. Uh, I can't wait to let you guys know who that is, what the team's about, and what and what we'll be talking about. I know that I've missed a couple of uploads. We're going to make those up in these next two weeks and kind of filling in more of the gaps in this empty June with more non-conference previews uh, because it's a good opportunity. You know, you got to beat up each other, right? You got you to gotta win the games in October, November to even get to Ford Field in December. But September's an awesome opportunity for us to really actually come to terms with a lot of things about our teams and kind of swallow some pills that we didn't realize that we had to expect of these teams in the preseason right so teams like this we'll see I don't know they'll, they'll just teach us more about our Mac teams and I'm excited to keep this series going uh, hope you enjoyed if you really enjoyed and really support the show check out my patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Alvarado on Maction and don't forget to check out macfootballblog.com. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day.